Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hopefully you got your fill of college basketball the last two hours. The guys over at Flo and Santos, Black and Abdallah, leading you up to uh, football just down the street from there as Notre Dame and Wisconsin going at it. Brian, we're going to talk um, anything but college football for the next two hours. Is that okay with you? I just learned that Rick Hans a Wisconsin grad. Didn't know, Bucky. Well, he, he's gone to school. He went to a lot of school, didn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure, I think he's got a master's or, you know, something else from somewhere else. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah, he probably. stop at Northwestern for master's or the law Ivy school, League? maybe, yeah, something like that. Stanford? I thought, yeah, I don't know. I have to, yeah, but I Chris Black just informed me he was a Wisconsin grad, so yeah. Bucky Badger, yeah. Well, He'll be that? on with Connor McKnight at uh, White Sox Weekly. There you go. Yeah, a little bit later on today, 3.30, the White Sox and the Indians. We're going to talk a little White Sox because, uh, yeah, it's not like their pitchers are super healthy going into this uh, playoff series, which will start in about a week or so. Uh, October 7th will be the first games for the White Sox, 7th and 8th, uh, Thursday and a Friday for the White Sox. And it looks like it'll be the Astros, but... Uh, they're only a couple games behind the Tampa Bay Rays, um, so there's always a possibility that things could flip a little bit. But uh, we'll see. We'll talk about that throughout the course of the week. Who would you uh, Who would you rather face there? Do you have a preference? Someone asked Ozzy Guillen this week who he'd like to play, in, uh, and he said any National League team because that would mean you already got to the World Series. <laughs> yeah, so. okay. If the World Series started today, to, to paraphrase yeah, the phrase right. you hate the most. God. I mean, I, uh, the Yankees, I think the Yankees and Red Sox are going to beat each other up over the next week or so. But what I saw from the Yankees during the Field of Dreams games and the two games afterwards, and when they were short, you know, guys like Sanchez wasn't there and Torres wasn't there, Cole wasn't there, Chapman wasn't there, and the White Sox struggled. Uh, I don't know that I want to see the Yankees. I think the Red Sox are easily handleable. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, that does, they don't bother me. Tampa does a little more. and But I think Houston's, Houston's difficult. Houston's very, very tough. I don't care if they were banging trash cans or not. They were really good a couple of years ago, and uh, they've got a lot of the same players, and yeah. um, they're pretty Still- good. Still wish you had home field advantage. Yes, really I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you lose, you know, they went. the White Sox went for a little stretch there. In, like, two weeks, they dropped two out of three to the Royals, the A's, the Angels, and the Tigers. And it's like, you can't do that. You can't no, do that. No, they'll, they'll be an early exit to yeah. you do that, yeah. Yeah. And even yesterday, the White Sox win one nothing. Shane Bieber goes three innings in his uh, comeback after being out since June. And he went three innings, didn't give the White Sox anything, and the White Sox were really happy that he left. But the Sox only had four hits, and one of them, uh, one of them was uh, let's see, one of them was yeah, one of them was this one. Out in the deep left center, and it is gone. Thirteen game hitting streak for Robert. He's homered in two games in the series, and it's one nothing. Yeah, and who knew, I mean, uh, Len Casper, that that would be the only run the White Sox would get. But then the bullpen did their job after uh, Dylan Cease went out with an injury, which looked a heck of a lot worse than apparently it is, which is good news. Well, you have to have triceps to get him bruised, so I'm I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, It's shocking to me that he's not gotten hurt before with a ball up the middle because he turns his back. 
he just he's he's so strange and he throws so hard that his whole body falls to the left side and um his back was almost to the ball um at that point and it's a ground ball too it wasn't like a screaming line drive right i mean well yeah just, it took one it took one, yeah. one quick hop but it came right. to him pretty quick yeah so it's a good thing it took a hop you're not because, kidding yeah <laughs> but i mean he he you know the the key is how he felt last night and today. If it you know got worse on him, but he sounded positive about it in the post game anyway. Yeah, afterwards he was talking about the uh, the the ball that hit him in the sixth inning. In terms of that play, it just hit it back at me, and I uh, wasn't able to get out of the way. Um, if it feels good now, I I don't anticipate on really missing any time. Um, I know I want to make you know at least one more start before the postseason. So um, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. I think I think it's fine. Just where exactly did it strike you? It got me on, like, the, the back of my elbow, or I mean my tricep. Nice little bruise. Yeah, if it got him in the back of the elbow, there would have been problems. Hmm. So thank goodness it went about two or three inches higher than that because hits that elbow, the way the ball was hit, that would have been, that would have been bad news. Nine strikeouts and five and a third before they say, you know, let's, let's be conservative and take you out. I know he... Tony said, you can be mad at me, but hey, let's go. Yeah. We've already clinched the division. This guy, I mean, how many 10-plus strikeout games? He was going to get another one last night. Right. He was going to get his ninth, I think. So he was the throw in the deal, right, with Aloy. And now Aloy's sc- scuffling yeah. a bit. Yeah. And here's a guy you're trying to figure out where he fits in the rotation next year. Does he move up a bit? You know, where's Kopech and all that? Nice nice problems to have. No, it's real nice problems to have. They have an abundance of pitching. The questions will be when the playoffs start. You figure Lynn and Giolito are definitely one and two or two and one, however you want to put it. And how's um, Rodon doing at that point physically, right. right? Exactly. How's Rodon doing after going just three innings the other day and coming out? Then you have Dylan Cease. Um you know, the bullpen yesterday did the job for the White Sox. You want to jump in, 312-332-3776. We're going to talk baseball on both sides of town. Then we'll get to the Bears. There's a lot of stuff with the Bears. Um, Justin Fields will be starting, not because Matt Nagy thinks he deserves it, but because Andy <laughs> Dalton's hurt. Uh, so that's, oh, boy. So that's why. And uh, we'll hear from Nagy. We'll hear from Fields and everything else. But the bullpen yesterday comes in after Cease goes out. Cease went five and a third, giving up three hits, no walks, which I love seeing because – I couldn't find him. Maybe Tyler Aki, the the young genius here, can. Um, what what is what is uh, what's the name? Call you the chosen one? Oh, Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler Aki, the chosen one. So maybe you can find it. I'm trying to find out if you can find out which baseball pitcher in the American League leads the American League in full counts. Because if it's not oh, Dylan, man. if it's not Dylan Cease, he's got to be close. Wow! I mean, he is. I'm sure that stats out there. I would no, have no idea where to begin to look I, for. I did. I tried looking yesterday for about a half hour, and then they said I'm an idiot. I don't. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> I found just about everything else, but sure. I couldn't find that because he has so many times he has two strikes, and they've talked to him about this earlier in the year. They said, "Listen, when you get two strikes, go after the guy. Don't try to make the perfect pitch." And he does it last night. There, I can't. I should have charted it as I was watching the game. Um, but how many times he had a, a three-ball, two-strike count, and it was crazy the number of times he had it. And um, that you know that runs your pitch count up, you know. And um, then you can't stick around for the fifth or sixth or whatever. But him, yeah, you don't need more wear and tear on your arm. No, when you're throwing a hundred anyway, so no. hundred miles per hour. No, so. and that's the nice part about no walks because I know he had. 
he had full counts at least three or four times that I just remember just from watching the game as it was going on last night. And um, he, he does it quite often. And uh, hopefully he'll cut down on that a little bit. But the White Sox, a one nothing win yesterday. They play later on today. We've got White Sox Weekly at 3.30. Rick Connell joined Connor McKnight. A 5.30 pregame game gets underway a little after 6 with Lance Lynn going for the Sox. And... Um, Craig Kimbrell. I mean, that was a Craig Kimbrell you saw that, on the that's north side. What you, you needed to see that last night. You yeah. really did. Yeah. And it's funny because he's not. He wasn't striking guys out with his fastball yesterday. He was throwing that knuckle curve. At least that's what the TV says it is. He was throwing that knuckle curve and getting guys out. Uh, he threw 13 pitches in the eighth inning and struck, struck out. Struck out the guys. side. Yep. You can't get better than that. No. You know, I guess nine pitches would have been done. Better it, than yeah, that, but. that would have been really good. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that was nice to see. And it, it's nice because... They all said the right thing. Now, they all said, listen, we've got to actually make a little push. we got to gather together. we got to play really good baseball going into the playoffs. And uh, that's what you need to do because, you know, the playoffs are going to hear quick. You're going to have some time off. You're going to finish up the season at home um, after you end up going to Detroit for one game on Monday. Then you come home, you play Cincinnati for a couple of games, you wrap up the season with Detroit, and then you get a couple of days off before you end up playing probably Houston, probably down in Houston uh, on that Thursday and Friday, the 7th and 8th of October. So you got a little time to rest, but they want to, you know, get some things together. The uh, The team played well defensively yesterday. The bullpen did well. The starter did well. Uh, I still am so worried about the bats. I don't know about anybody well, else. But. I mean, the, the game they clinched, Tim Anderson's Tim Anderson, and it really can't be he go, we go. It's got to be better than, I mean, it's got to be more than that right yeah. now. Yeah, it does. And he gets the homer to lead off the game. He hits another one in the second inning. And then Eloy and Robert go deep. 312-332-3776. We're talking some Cub baseball, too, because Jesse had a chance to interview Jed Hoyer. And uh, Jed says they're going to be, uh, what was the, I don't know. I really active. There it is. Really active in that's free agency. Like, that's kind of like George McCaskey and Ted Phillips saying uh, we need to see progress and improvement. It does. It's it's nebulous. Yeah. We'll and be- then we have a Twitter poll question to to that effect too. So yeah. and actually, I, I spent some time this morning spending Tom Ricketts money. I put together a little start to the really active list to pursue. Okay. Well, here's, here's the Twitter poll question for the Cubs. Do you believe Cubs president Jed Hoyer will be quote, really active and quote in free agency? That's what he told Jesse Rogers. We'll talk about that. It's yes, no, or basically don't mistake uh, activity for achievement. The old John Wooden quote. Yeah. yeah. Activity, yeah. achievement, Two different things. Yes, definitely are. 312-332-3776. Out to the roads and Jerry, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Jer. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. I'm just curious if you guys think that uh, Tony La Russa can uh, handle the uh, pitchers in the playoffs because he's really struggled in the second half making decisions with leaving starters in too long and you know making the wrong place, putting Ruiz in a lot. Well, I'm not what sure. Do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure how much we're going to see Ruiz in the postseason. Um, you know, obviously you're you're going to see your Kopex, your Crochets, uh, your Bummers, Keiko. I, I wouldn't. I would hope not. I hope Keiko doesn't make it. <laughs> I hope so too. But everyone else seems. Everyone else, Jeff Passan, Jesse, everyone's all the experts say, "Oh no, he's on a why." Yeah, yeah why? but, but I think... still, it's still going to boil down to whether Tony can make the right decision. He leaves guys in too long. He. Uh, just, you know, the not what the chairman the, said. 
Not what the chairman said the other day. He said one of the reasons he wanted Tony back was because of the great way he handles pitchers. Yeah, see, I, I think he, Jerry, I think he's the other way. I don't think he leaves people in too long. I do think he pulls people a little bit too early sometimes. So I was at a few games where he's let starters go in and get beat up for seven runs. Okay. So okay. Well, when you're sitting there, too, just, when you're sitting there in the stands, it's even worse. Well, yeah, there's another reason to have there's another reason I think he's asleep on the bench. <laughs> Jerry, appreciate the call. He He's a guy where a lot of people, it's funny, I was watching MLB Central yesterday, um, the day after the White Sox clinched, and they're talking about um, basically it was 50-50, pretty close to 50-50, I would think, about when La Russa came here, maybe a little bit 60-40 against uh, the decision of bringing La Russa here, but Everything's worked because it seems like he's changed a little bit. I was talking to some other people in the media the other day that were actually covering Tony back in the 80s when he was managed the White Sox the first time. He was a curmudgeon, even as a youngster. Uh, he was he was not a fun guy to deal with. He does focus on one thing, and he focuses on getting everybody to win the game that day. And um, it seems like slowly but surely that's come across. I know Tim Anderson mentioned it the other day. I know some of the pitchers have mentioned it, how important it is for them to go on out there and win the game that day. And um, Tony used to be that way all the time. People would say, you know, is this set you up good for the road trip? I'm only talking about today's game. Said, Although, oh didn't God. he say it on the, right before the Field of Dreams game, he had the team meeting and said, hey, we got 16 games, no days off. Let's be a, kind of a simulated playoff Right. right here. Yeah, you did. Mentally, physically, it's going to be a grind. Let's go and approach this as something we got to get used to. And, you know, they're basically a 500 team throughout that. So the results, maybe not what you expected. I guess the question is, because I saw the headline in the Sun-Times earlier in the week, they clinched the division. Is Tony LaRusso, Does that mean Tony LaRusso did a good job? I'm paraphrasing. Right, right. Um, Dusty Baker, manager of the year. Tony LaRusso, manager of the year. Which one, you know, which way are you going on that in the American League? Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Let us know. We'll also hear from Dylan Cease because he uh, apparently feels okay, uh, but he knows that the uh, team's got a lot more to do. We'll uh, talk to you when we come back. You can also see us on twitch.tv. Just go to ESPN 1000 Chicago and hear us on 100.3 HD2. There's so many ways to get to us, the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, Hubner and Hanley back after this. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. We'll get into some Bears and Browns in just a little bit. I know a lot of people that are they've uh, headed down to um, Ohio for the game. Um, they're not Sox fans, so otherwise they could have gone to the Sox-Indians games. But they stopped at... Um, uh, stopped at Canton yesterday, and they're going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nice. Yeah, nice so it's a perfect trip. It's a perfect trip, and then you catch the uh, Bears and Browns on Sunday before coming back. And uh, if you have not been to both either the um, Pro Football Hall of Fame or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I went not this past June, but the year before in 2020, uh, right after they opened, after the main bout of COVID. And um, it was great because there was no one there. And you walk through, could take your time, see everything. And um, it was like they opened the doors just for me, which was nice. Nice of them. It was very, very nice. And, uh, yeah, but the Football Hall of Fame, I've been to the Baseball Hall of Fame 
too much reading, too much other stuff. Football <laughs> Hall of Fame is great because you just, you know, you, you hit a button and they're showing you videos. It's more interactive than the Baseball Hall of Fame. Plus, to be honest, the the Baseball Museum is separate. And then you walk, open the doors and there's a big hall with a bunch of plaques, which is too nice. much reading in yeah, the dark. You don't yeah. need to see them. I mean, the plaques are there. You know they're in the Hall of Fame. You know you know their stats and things like that. And Pete Rose is down the street signing autographs for money. Yeah, <laughs> he is. and I don't, I don't blame him. Uh, he's not in Vegas signing autographs for money. Yeah, I saw him one day. He was sitting at the uh, sitting at the sports book at Caesars, batting the horses. and uh, Spending the money that he got for signing autographs at the mall across yeah, the street. Right, yeah. even even further down there. There was one, there was one place in the mall at Caesars where he signs. Right when you walk in from the, uh, I don't know, the north side you walk in and there's a sports collectible store right there right yeah he and usually he's, signs he's just there. got his little table there and, uh-huh. yeah. yep it works out well 312-332-3776 uh the white Sox finally clinched and they i know it's a big thing to finally clinch everybody goes crazy they celebrate they did the other day and tony had mentioned that you know the first of like hopefully four celebrations and you celebrate each time the only thing that got me is everybody were worried so worried talking so much about the magic number it's so inevitable we've known for two months they were going to win the division and it's almost known for two months that they're going to play the astros well i mean but it was pretty subdued as they kind of sauntered out onto the field I mean, right it, it just looked like just they won a game and it was the first game of a doubleheader um that they did i did see your ski goggles in the team picture i, know, I the saw end. them too yeah i saw so, they had the goggles out yeah so they they opened up some champagne but it was rather reserved I thought, right. for the immediacy of, of it kind of setting in. But like you said, you've known it's going to happen for months here, and there are ho- hopefully more to come, yeah. more celebrations to come. Well, and Dylan sees after the game yesterday, after he basically said his arm feels okay, he thinks he'll be fine, he'll, he thinks he'll make his next start, he wants to get one more in before the postseason. But C said he knows that they've come from much bigger goals. We didn't come here to win a, um, you know, the AL championship. We came here to win a World Series, so... I think we're all we're all pretty locked in for what's uh, what needs to be done next, and that's good to hear. One way or another, it's just good to hear. Hopefully, they all have their eyes focused on the prize, and the prize isn't just making it to the World Series, um, especially when you get this far. You know, um, it, it is the first step. I know I saw Larusa say it after they clinched. He was on with uh, Garfine and Ozzy, and um, you know, Larusa said the right things too. He said, "I just want to manage as well as you did, Ozzy, in uh, in two Ozzy wanted him to go out and get some drinks for him. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> <laughs> Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We go to Crestwood and John. You're on ESPN one thousand. Hey, John. Hi, Fred. Hey, I got a question about uh, La Russa's managing. Um, a lot of my friends were, you know, tight knit Sox fans for years. We've seen a lot of managers over the years. Now Tony seems to believe that all these young guys need rest, and we haven't seen in all our years of watching baseball these young guys get so much rest. I, we kind of feel that he sacrificed us, you know, maybe get a better record than Houston by resting all these young guys. I just want to feel your opinion on that. Well, I, I definitely agree with it. Um, I'm, I agree with you that the, the young guys don't need the rest that they get. Um, it used to be you want to keep your bench guys ready so they can come in. But right now you only have like three bench players because you have such a deep pitching staff and, and bullpen. Um Right. But I don't. I never quite understood why they gave guys so many days off. I love that Abreu doesn't take many off, and when they do, they make him a exactly. DH. You know, that's the way. <laughs> and, and plus, he's the oldest, one of the older guys in the team. 
and he doesn't it's get exactly that many days what we off. Say. It's like, here are Bray who might need the rest more than these 24, 28-year-old <laughs> guys. We all know that when you're that young, you recover quick, you know, quickly. Sure. And, so, and, yeah. and a lot of times, guys need to be in in order to get going. Brian, I mean, it, it, see, I hate it in the NBA. And John, we appreciate the call. I hate it in the NBA, the whole time management thing. Oh, um, yeah. But in baseball, it used to be guys would play as much as they could when they needed a day off after 14, 18, 20, whatever, then a guy would come in and play for them. But uh, now it's especially they try to work it also when there's an off day coming up. They always try to give them a day off before that. Yeah, and let them know that they're going to have the day off. Right. So mentally they're ready. And I'm with you. I I, The one thing, apparently, you know, Tony hasn't won a lot of Sox fans over. That's what I'm hearing so far on the show. Right. But um, I wish he would have emphasized trying to get home field more than he did. He downplayed it. And I understand you don't want to set a goal and not reach it and have the team feel like they let, you know, got the defeat it because they didn't get home field. But it was a couple games with a couple, you know, two, two weeks ago, they were two behind Houston. They had plenty of time to right. do it, right? Yes, they did. And I just, you know, to me, that's a big deal. Look at your home record. You're 500 on the road. That's that's fine. That's how you win divisions. But you are the best home team in the league. So why wouldn't that be a a a, a goal that you you know verbalize and try to go after? And and so here you go. You're going to be on the road to Houston. Okay, that, you know it makes it that much tougher for you. No, there's no doubt it does. And uh, you you are a much better team at home. You're the best team in the American League at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you would think you would try that, and that would be the most important thing. As you, once you're playing so well and you know you're going to win, it's like, let's get that home field advantage. Let's do what we can. And that's when losing two out of three, again, I keep harping on it, but it was so frustrating. And I've said it over the last several weeks, you know, that even when they're winning, you know, they'll lose a game that you say, there's no reason you shouldn't lose this game. You get four hits. What's going on? You're right. not, you're not swinging. Um, and when I was doing White Sox weekly a week and a half, two weeks ago, it was the Angels beat the White Sox and the Angels bullpen pitched pitch pretty well. Tony said it after the game. The next day, Len Casper pretty much probably having heard Tony say that, say that the Angels bullpen pitched pretty well. And the the first thing Tony said is, he goes, yeah, yeah, they did. But we shouldn't be striking out 12 times. We got to put the ball in play more and we got to work on that. And I hope he, they're saying that more during the season because there's a lot of games where they just strike out like crazy. A lot of games where they get their three, four, five hits. They only had four last night. Thank goodness they had the one homer and the bullpen did well. But, um, yeah, there's for me, when they get to the postseason, I'm not really worried about the pitching of the bullpen. I'm worried about their hitters swinging for the fences as, in the as postseason. You should, as you should be, because they went from being the team that doesn't hit home runs to a month or two where they, that's all they did was hit home runs. And I'm with you. I've been saying for weeks now, it, it's, you know, you're a 500 team since the All-Star break because, as you said, some – too many times during a single week, you get one or two runs and four or five hits. There's no consistency there. You don't know which team's showing up day to day, right? Right. So you, you, I wish you could say this is a team you can count on four runs a game and then on good days, seven or eight. But you don't know. No. I mean, right now you do know. It, that's not this team. Now, I'm looking at the White Sox stats, and it's real difficult to see how Tony has managed these guys because – They've all been hurt, okay? Abreu's got 145 games played. Next is Moncada with 136, but he's had some nagging injuries. Other than that, Lurie Garcia has 118, 
Everybody else has been hurt. Grandal's got 85. He was hurt for a while. Vaughn it was out for a while. He's got, um, oh, I'm sorry, he's got 122 games. Luis Roberts, 61. Jimenez, 47. All guys that were hurt. Brian Goodwin, a reserve, was 72. Engel, damn, he just keeps getting hurt. Gets hurt again. This is like the fourth time he's been hurt with that leg problem. Um they might as well just put him on the, you know, put him on the shelf and say, "Listen, try to be ready for next year," hmm. because at this point, you know, you you don't want to gamble with a guy like that with a leg problem. You don't want to you don't want to not make the postseason, or I'm sorry, you don't want him to make a mistake or have something happen as he's playing the outfield in a playoff game. So even though he'd lo- you'd love to see him out there defensively, he's got to be healthy. So I agree with the caller, uh, John. I think it was. Because there's so many times I would look at the lineup, I say they can't win the game with this lineup. There's no way they can win because he would rest so many of the guys, and they had their time off throughout the course of the year. Now a lot of it was because of injuries, but they're healthy. Put them on the field, let them play, and um, yeah. unfortunately, it didn't happen. And that's why they'll probably be the team that goes to Houston when the playoffs begin in a week and a half. Brian, we come back and want to talk a little bit more about the Cubs too. Um, they gave up eight homers yesterday in a doubleheader. As the Cardinals have now won 14 straight, how about that? Yeah, I, I was sitting with my buddy. We were we were all out at a at a pub in Elk Grove. Village. There's an upset. Yeah, I know. We it were wasn't sitting. A group up. No, it wasn't actually. We were sitting there at a pub, and he made a few bets, and he bet like some of the Cardinals to go deep. He bet O'Neill. He bet he bet. Um, Oh, who the heck else was it? He met a couple other guys, and they all hit homers. He's sitting there going, "This is great." I've, he I bought should, the drinks. I should have told him to buy the drinks yeah. because he was doing well. But uh, we'll talk Did a you little. Bet Schwindel? Uh No, no, I didn't. He he's he's been on a homerless slump. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't I didn't have him yesterday. I didn't have wisdom in the second game either, and he did homer. So I stayed away from yesterday's game. I could have bet all the Cardinals, and you well, you would have got I, lucky. You mentioned the two guys, but uh, Jed Hoyer did talk when he was talking. Yesterday, yeah, he gave that answer that I think we gave a couple of weeks ago about the likes of Wisdom and Schwindel and moving forward. What do they mean? Right. And, and he gave the answer, the only answer you can give. So I yeah. give him credit for that. We'll talk about that. We come back. You want to talk White Sox or the Cubs? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll get into Bears conversation. They get ready for the Cleveland Browns tomorrow, and uh, we'll discuss that a little bit later on. Here we're here till one on ESPN one thousand. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. So the White Sox with another game in Cleveland. Later on this evening, we've got it here for you on the home of White Sox baseball, ESPN 1000. And the White Sox weekly at 3.30. Rick Hahn, Sox general manager, will join Connor McKnight during the show. Fred Hubner, Brian Hanley, 312-332-3776. You want to talk more White Sox baseball. And yesterday, uh, doubleheader on the north side. When did they change the rule about playing Friday night games? Was that just like two years ago or something? Well, they, they were limited into how many nights. Initially, when the lights went in in 88, right, right? Right. They were limited to how many night games throughout the season they could have. And there was, I mean, so long ago, there were... Friday and Saturday night games were exceptions that had to, the city had to okay, I think, initially, right? Okay. Because the, the neighborhood, Wrigleyville, was going to be busy enough sure, um, that they didn't need a Cubs game to, to make it that much more congested. But I, I, the city is really, I mean, I think they still have to run it by the city, but I don't think the city has really thrown up many obstacles or roadblocks into yeah. 
weekend home games anymore. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it because it, you know, a Friday night game at Wrigley Field was something you never ever saw. No, right. Yeah, right. And uh, yesterday there was one, and uh, it was weird because it was only a seven inning game, so it was over pretty early. Um, and if you were watching the game, it was over really in terms of the score and the result. But they in the in the early game they were down big and came back, made it interesting at least. Um, Jesse Rogers had a chance to talk with. Cubs president Jed Hoyer uh, yesterday. Um, among other things, he is looking for a general manager. Um, he's He's been working on that, interviewing candidates and things like that. But um, Jesse asked him about the free agent market, and uh, Jed Hoyer said, quote, we plan to be really active in free agency. We plan to spend money intelligently. We're scouting that market heavily. We're going to analyze that market heavily. There's off-seasons when free agency is something you do a little bit of. And obviously, we have to be a little more active than usual to fill out our roster because we have a lot more open spots. Okay, so intelligently, you would think that should go unsaid, but Jason right. Hayward's here, so enough <laughs> yes, said. He is. <laughs> so, um, they have $41 million committed, I believe, after this season to, to payroll, right? Man, oh, man, that's nothing. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's nothing. I mean, right now, I think, I'm, I'm sorry, right now, I think the payroll is $41 million. Right. That tells you all you need to know. Um, and, uh, Kyle Hendricks is a slam dunk to be in the rotation and beyond that. Who knows? And right now, the way Kyle Hendricks is pitching, who knows with Kyle Hendricks? Um, I, I, what does that mean exactly? Really active. Okay, you're going to go get a bunch of one-year guys, stopgap guys, older guys. You're going to make a big splash. I mean, my, my, obviously we've had callers to, to name Nick Castellanos right. for months now. Yeah. I'm all for it. He made $14 million this year with the Reds. He can opt out. He will opt out. And I get he's 29. But if you look, I mean, all he is is a baseball player. And look at the year he's having again. And then look, in the 51 games that he was here as a Cub, he had career numbers. You know, OPS, slugging, up and down. You know, runs, RBIs, runs scored. Name a category. He, I think, had a career best in the, in the snapshot he here, had here at Wrigley. Of course, the Cubs let him walk. Okay, fine. Go get him again. And it's going to cost you, and it's going to cost you a long-term deal and, and decent money. I don't know, $75 million, start around there. Sure. But that would be the top. And then you have to start addressing pitching. And here's gets gets interesting, right? Do you, you go get a guy like Robbie Ray, who last year walked everybody and couldn't, you know, couldn't get out of an inning. And this, you know, last year he had the worst walk rate in in the league, and this year has a career best, six point four percent bases on balls percentage. His WHIP is about one. He's going to get paid. He's thirty. Um, you know, which which guy is he? Is he last year or this year? Uh, I, you better have an, you better have a couple scouts at City Field this week or Atlanta when Noah Syndergaard is making his final rehab start. I think today or tomorrow. Okay, for the Mets, he's going to sign one year, kind of a one year deal like Robbie Ray did, right? For the eight million he signed with Toronto, and so he's going to sign for about ten or twelve million for one year, assuming that he does well in his, his start this week and looks like Noah Syndergaard of a couple of years ago because we haven't seen him for a couple of years. Can you entice him to come here on that one-year bridge contract because he wants big money and no team is really going to commit because he's coming off Tommy John and all? Sure. I mean, go. you better go scout him out, see what you think you have. Again, it's tough to base it on one or two starts, but there you have it. And then, you know, 
you start telling me how you're going to look at this rotation. And if he's back to being no Syndergaard, you have a hell of a start, right? And then you can sit down and talk long-term with him. Um, but they, you, you, can't, you can't tell me uh, Alzale, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson. I mean, they all have had their moments. They've all shown you that they look like they belong, and they've also struggled like guys who might not be anybody, right? Right, right. And, and here's, the, here's the question that Jesse asked about guys like Wisdom and Schwindel. And Jed, Jed Hoyer, you know, answered the only way. You know, are they starters for next season? Are they long-term answers? And he, he said, quote, age is a factor, of course. The honest answer is I don't know. To answer that question now is impossible. It's been fun to watch. I really respect the effort these guys have given. That's exactly what we've been saying for weeks now. Right. That's all you can say. You tip of the yeah. hat. They've taken advantage of the opportunity. They're having a, a hell of a good time out there. They're worth watching and tuning into. I don't. I wouldn't buy a ticket because I don't want to give the Ricketts money and and you know reward them for what what's going on this year. But who knows? With the they're, you know thirty year old guys, career minor leaders, pretty much having the time of their life right now. It has been fun to watch, and I respect their efforts too. But I have no idea. Go get Freddie Freeman, okay? Yeah. Go, if if he's going to be available, step up. I don't care if he's thirty years old or whatever he is. Go get me that guy. Okay, and then start telling me that you're, you know, that to me that's really active, and that's that you, now you're telling me you, you want to do something other than just, you know, fill holes. Let me ask you a question because I always thought that, you know, especially in the situation the Cubs are in, you know, when you brought over a John Lester, you had other people, and you had you had a young and upcoming team, and you brought Lester here, and obviously he's the guy that was going to help, and then you, you know, you hit on Arietta, you made the trade for. Um, for Hendricks and all the other things. They did a great job back then. But for next year, do you think it's going to be difficult to get free agents to come here? Because, That's a great question. Because of I, the team, or does money rule you know, overrule everything? Well, even like in my Syndergaard scenario, right? Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you decide it's worth rolling the dice. And again, he's gonna, it's going to be a one-year deal because he's got to prove to everyone that he's ready to go, and then he's going to make uh, big money after that. Would he rather go to Tampa and pinch in front of nobody, but with a team that's obviously you know be part of postseason this year? Right. Would he rather? And by the way, no no income tax in, in Florida and or Texas. Would uh -huh. he want to be part of the Astros? Well, would or has he pitched enough at Wrigley Field to know? You know, Javier Baez can tell him how great it is to play here, and everyone who who said it, everyone should be a Cub for at least one season because of the whole atmosphere and everything else that. Would that interest him? How to, your question is exactly right. How attractive is this Cubs team? Right. It's it's great. A lot of day games. It's great. The you know the fans hopefully are back because you you've got put together your really active off season. But right now, if you have your choice and money's going to be equal and it's not even a one year contract, it's Freddie Freeman or whomever. You know, do I really want to come here and you know talk to me in three years about maybe contending for something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I always wonder that because you know, uh, you know, it's it, it's nice to be in the in the city like Chicago. It's nice to be in a big market. It's nice to be at Wrigley Field, playing the games there, all that stuff, and how the Cub fans treat their players and that. But if you're not going to compete for a couple of years, are you watching your 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 career go away without getting to where you want to go? Because right. basically, everybody wants that ring. Everybody wants to get to the postseason. Everybody wants to, you know, get to the World Series. At least that's what I've always thought. Hey, I thought if, that's if, what they want to do. If Nick Castellanos says no to you, yeah. then you're in trouble. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. I mean, he was a fan favorite immediately. He seemed to, to give the love back as much as he was getting it. He 
he's been to Cincinnati. He knows how difficult, you know, other cities can be even. So if, if he does want to come back here and be the guy or one of the guys, because he's going to get paid from a lot of teams will be interested in, the, in that guy and his numbers that he's been putting up, right? Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You want to talk about that? What do you think is going to happen in the offseason with the Northsiders? Um, Jed said they'll be really active in free agency. Uh, do you think that's a good thing? Do you think that uh, it's going to work out for the Northsiders? We'll talk that. We'll talk White Sox. And also today is a closing day for something. And oh, we'll discuss boy. that when we come back. Something near and dear to Brian's heart. We'll talk about that when we come back here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. So the Cardinals winning 14 in a row, that's pretty good. They came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, they came out of nowhere. No one was talking Cardinals. They were all talking about, you know, the Reds and the Padres and everything else. Right now, the Cardinals are the second wild card team. The The closest to them is Philadelphia, and they're five back. Yeah, no, the Cardinals are a playoff team right yeah. now. Yeah. But Philadelphia has their own... You know they're only a game behind Atlanta for the American or the National League East, which is which is going to be a fun watch over the next week or so. Um, Remember when the Cardinals made the trade for John Lester yep. at the deadline? Yeah, and everyone was kind of like, "What are they doing?" Yeah, and, and now well, it's looking like okay, it's nice to have that little depth piece to your well, rotation. Uh, John Mosley, I talked to our guy Paul Sullivan in the dugout yesterday or Thursday, and and talked about Sully's column was could the Cubs have done been buyers at the deadline rather than getting rid of everyone, all the core players and Brian and Rizzo and Baez. And Moslack wouldn't touch that. Right. But all they really got was Jay Happ and, and John Lester. He said, you know, no one was talking about Moslack said no one was celebrating us down in St. Louis. Like, you know, that's the, basically it's like that's all you did. Yeah. And they were hoping to get their guys healthy and getting their guys playing like they envisioned most of them playing. And that both those things happened. Um so I don't criticize Jed Hoyer for the, the direction that he took. I mean, he knew what ownership wanted, right. and Baez didn't sign, and, and we'll see. We'll see who who made the – you know, Jed said he sleeps fine at night. He said, you know, putting market offers on the table for Rizzo, who's had issues with his back and who hasn't been the same guy offensively, and Baez up and down, and Bryant was never going to sign here because Boris was going to get him to free agency no matter. Right. Um, so I, I have no problem with Jed Hoyer doing what he did then, and Mosley, he got you know he got lucky, and he, everything he hoped for has come through. Fourteen yeah. in a row, and they're here they are. And so I, I you know I got no issues with that. But moving forward, really active in free agency, but we're going to spend intelligently. What does that mean exactly, and what will that look like next year? Yeah. I can't wait to see. Uh, yeah, Goldschmidt, Tyler O'Neill, all these guys hitting the long ball. O'Neill's got thirty something now. After um, I, I think one in each game yesterday, and Goldschmidt had one in each game, also. So um, the Cardinals and Cubs go at it again today. The White Sox take on the Indians once again. But um, one of the uh, biggest things in sports is just for the people who love the um, you know the sport of kings, um, you know, horse racing. And today is the final day at Arlington Park, at least. At least unless somebody, you know, it's the final day unless somebody that wins the bid um, decides to keep racing there. 
Well, but, but, but Churchill Downs has done everything possible to make sure that doesn't happen right. because they didn't apply for racing dates next year, so there are none. Right. Hawthorne's got them. God bless them Jim all. Miller and the carries, and then and they're you know putting four hundred million dollars into the racino and you know Arlington led the charge for more than a decade to get Springfield to finally move and and get slot machines at the tracks and increase purses and get better racing and right. more activity. And then when time came, everyone's like, "What? You don't? You're not interested?" Because oh, by the way, they bought a majority interest in Rivers Casino, sure, which is 15 minutes from the track. So why they don't want any competition? They don't want slot machines at the track. So they've done everything to make sure that that the next ownership doesn't get the chance to race there. And, and matter of fact, the one guy who was leading the group, the former Arlington executive who was going to keep the track and have racing as part of the whole development right. said he hasn't heard from them. So he assumes the bears are in the, uh, in the lead or in the clubhouse to, to get that. We were supposed to have known by now. I know we were supposed to know bid, a while ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we've not heard anything yet, but uh, so today's the last day of uh thoroughbred racing at um, Arlington. And like you mentioned, uh, Hawthorne's got all the dates next year. They're going to be running thoroughbred in the middle of the summer. Uh, for three, three and a half months, whatever it is, and then harness before and then after. And um, like you said, they're spending tons of money uh, at the track. I went over to uh, the, the Points Bet uh, Casino a couple of weeks ago uh, where their sports book is. Very, very nice. Uh, they're still working. The The entire grandstand is going to be completely redone. And um, it's going to be fun once it's all finished. Yeah, terrific. And, you know, the, the Carey family's been there forever, and then their heart and soul is in that. And I'm so glad that they're being rewarded and they're making the investment. And, and I was there the one night where it passed down in Springfield before then governor Quinn vetoed it. And, you know, they were ready to pop champagne and they were showing me in the parking lot where they could put up a temporary structure to get the casino up and running. And, and, um, you know, and then years, it took years for that to actually come to fruition. Look, 237 people are getting laid off and there used to be more than a thousand people employed at Arlington. And Todd Pletcher told me one time, uh, down in Florida, he said, he, you know, his family in the area in the western suburbs, he started as a young trainer out at Arlington, or that was one of the stops of the year. And he still said it's the most beautiful track he's ever been to. And so it's it's still, I mean, I think that a bulldozer is going to take this beautiful structure down that's right. been up there since 1985 yeah. or 86. Come on. Yeah, I know. It's going to be sad for the people. I mean, I, I did get a chance to go earlier this year. I went out a Saturday afternoon, didn't win very much, but it was just great being there. Like you said, it is a gorgeous track, and um, it was a lot of fun, had a great time. But uh, I know there's a lot of people heading out there, racing fans heading out there for the final day today. They got so. fireworks, too, after the races, you know, and, it, you know, it's almost, it's almost shame on them. They've ads, you know, come out to our final day. They want to make as much money as they can. Churchill sure. Downs. Sure. You know, even though they're they're the ones, with, as Alan Henry said, it has, you know, the old former sometimes sports editor and news editor is now on the Illinois Racing Board. Yeah. He said it again Thursday. He said Churchill Downs. Uh, they got rid of Hollywood Park, which is now the beautiful football stadium out in L.A. Um, they got rid of Calder, which was Gulfstream Park West. And, and, you know, they don't want any competition with their casinos there. Jeez. And um, and now they have Arlington Park. And, and he pointed out they have $800,000 due between now and the end of uh, December that by state law was supposed to go to purses and, uh, uh, you know, to the racing industry locally. So he said they better give that money up to the horsemen, to the, the back uh, stretch people, let them divvy it up while these people losing their jobs. They better not pocket that money. I don't know how you enforce that necessarily, but right. according to Alan Henry on the, on the racing board, 
that's money that they shouldn't pocket. And by the way, you know, their stock's trading over 200 bucks a share. I don't think they need the 800000 No, no, they probably don't. Uh, 312-332-3776. We're going to talk some Bears we come back. The Bears get Justin Fields starting at quarterback. Andy Dalton is down with an injury. We'll talk some Bears football. You want to jump in? Your thoughts about how Fields will do tomorrow? We've got a poll question for you. How do you think Nagy will call the plays? Do you think there'll be a lot different with Fields in there? Um, when he came in last week, uh, didn't look all that good necessarily. I know he was a rookie quarterback getting his first extended action. We'll talk about it when we come back. Hubner and Hanley here on ESPN 1000.